Bitcoin is heating up the Finger Lakes. Is critical race theory coming to an elementary school near you? And, of course, Democrat Cory Bush slams the 4th of July, claims that blacks still aren't free. Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. This is Rob Scott. And if you enjoy my podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, get them to listen, and give me a five-star rating. That would be great. Listen to it on any of your favorite uh, podcast formats. You can also get, I put all of my uh, podcasts on my website, uh, rob at robscottpodcast.com. Oh, that's, I'm sorry, that's my email. You can get me at robscottpodcast.com and listen to them there, or like I said, your favorite podcast format. And uh, love to see the reviews. Uh, any um, remarks or comments that you have, please uh, go to my website, robscottpodcast.com, and uh, post them there. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, this week it uh, has been very, it's been uh, getting back to normal and it's been kind of nice and been really enjoying uh, having a little bit more time besides just driving all day and getting home late. It's been nice to get home at normal time. It allows me to come home and, you know, do my podcast and do some reading and uh, that's been enjoyable. I have to say though, um, in all my career, I've never really, and since I was like, I guess when I was in high school, I've never really kind of done uh, the kind of work that I'm doing now. Never have I done kind of like a blue collar type of work before. And I have to tell you that I really enjoy it. And the reason why I enjoy it is I have an opportunity to uh, go out in Southern Price. And the, most of the people that I'm delivering to are just like they're blue collar kind of workers. They're all farmers. Most of them are farmers. Um, a lot of miners that work in the area. People take care of their, their properties and things like that. And the reception I get a lot from most people when I'm out is just really kind of cool. Um, met a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, friends, animals and dogs and stuff like that. You've seen some, some of my pictures on my website of some of the, some of the, uh, little critters that come around and, and say hi to me. I think it's all the chewy boxes that I have, <laughs> I have in a van. They come and sniff those out and everything. But uh, more, than, more than that, it's just I feel like there's um, kind of a you know kinship or something you know when you come out. And it's like when you show up, it's like Christmas because you're dropping off a box and there's something that they've been waiting for, something they've ordered. And a lot of people are just so happy and so nice and I've had people invite me into their home. I've had people, they're working on uh, like car projects, re, uh, restoring older antique automobiles, working on different Jeeps and things like that. And they've invited me in to take a look at these, uh, these projects that they're working on. A lot of retired folks that are doing this. And I have, a to, you know, it's, I have an opportunity to kind of go in and talk with them. And I found that these, these people are just really, just really down to earth people. And I really enjoy it. And, um, like I said, it's the first kind of job. Most of my, most of my jobs have been, you know, uh, shirt and tie, suit and tie, basic type of things, uh, working uh, in an office. And I have to say, I kind of really, I really do enjoy uh, what I'm doing. It's a lot of hard work, and I do put in a lot of hours. I look at my, uh, I look at my Fitbit thing all the time, and at the end of the day, I always have like nine to ten hours of straight uh, continuous activity, and I, there's very rarely, very rare that I 
don't have under say 15,000 to 20,000 steps on my, on my watch at the end of the day. So I get my exercise. I, I kind of like it for that reason too, because it keeps me healthy and keeps me, uh, keeps me moving at my age, uh, which is very important. I have a an hour and a half drive to get to my location and an hour and a half drive back. So I do like three hours of just straight driving to, to and from, and it gives me a lot of opportunity to, uh, to listen to different uh, commentators, different podcasts. Uh, I listen to a lot of music, of course, and I get to listen to a lot of news as well and read things. Well, not read things while I'm driving, but listening to news as well. And uh, there was a, a couple stories that I, that I mentioned at the beginning of the my podcast. Uh, one of them I thought was kind of unique. It was, uh, about, it's a story uh, about Bitcoin and the um, how Bitcoin mining plant is accused of turning New York's one of the Finger Lakes there uh, into a hot tub. And uh, I just wanted to kind of read this. This is kind of interesting. And I'll just read a little bit of it for you. It says, a new uh, gas-fired plant run for the purpose of mining Bitcoin has been accused of turning a lake in New York into a hot tub. But the company refuted the allegations of the residents and claim, uh, climate critics. The private equity firm Atlas, Atlas Holdings is running a gas-fired plant facility near Seneca Lake, the largest of the Finger Lakes in upstate New York. Uh, the operators of the facility, Greenwich Generation LLC, are said to have increased the electrical power output at the plant in the name of mining Bitcoin, prompting protests and residents. Now, you under, if you know anything about Bitcoin, you know it takes a lot of power. A lot of and what they do is they compute, they do these large mathematical uh, formulas, calculations, and stuff like that, and it, it uses a lot of juice, really a lot of electricity. In fact, uh, Elon Musk uh, earlier this year. Um, Actually, he's kind of screwed things up for me because I was I had some money into Bitcoin, and as soon as he opened up his his app, I lost all my profits in that, and now I'm back to what I originally had put into it. But it'll grow back anyway. But he was his claim that that he, well, he wasn't going to allow people to use Bitcoin to buy uh, Tesla, and he was complaining about the the amount of energy that it was using, and it does it does use a lot of energy. Uh, and to go on with this, go on with this now. He says the lake is so warm, uh, it feels like you're in a hot tub. One of the residents of Dresden, New York, Abby Bunnington, said that she lives near the plant. However, the Greenwich Local Advisor Group has since hit back at the complaint, saying that the broadcaster's report is based upon a previously discredited claims. Um, of the remaining few uh, opponents of Greenwich. The advisory group insisted that the initiative has overwhelming support from local governments, civic organizations, cynic uh, lake neighbors and workers that partner with them. The very same people cited by NBC News have been opposing Greenwich for several years, offered nothing new, and have already had their arguments repeatedly and soundly rejected by the courts of New York and by our neighbors. Uh, by our neighbors, they added the suggestion that Greenwich is somehow negatively impacted Seneca Lake, or is an impediment uh, to New York's important greenhouse gas emissions reduction goals, is just plain false. Any uh, honest review of the facts uh, made it clear. Um, and then they go into a little bit, you know, about uh, use high power computers to generate uses, solving these massive mathematical equations. And it's lots of energy. The, the plant uh, has 8,000 computers. And basically what happens is the plant uh, is permitted 
to uh, consume about 139 million gallons of water daily while discharging 135 million gallons back into the lake. And some local residents rallied against uh, what they say are rising temperatures. And we're seeing outside the Department of Environmental Conservation Office in Avon, New York. Greenwich categorically insists that the claims that the harm is being caused by like are false, saying that there is zero evidence of any harm being caused. Greenwich publishes its water discharge temperatures regularly. The company said, adding that there had been just a 6.8 degrees average between, uh, between intake and outflow between March and April of 2021. So that's pretty recent. They were saying that the average temperature there was like 70.8 degrees, which is far below what a hot tub uh, range is at. I think a, a good hot tub is like 99 degrees to 102 or something like that, until you, unless you like it really hot. So um, those claims, are, I think, are just a little bit overblown. What do you think? And if you really want to sit in a hot tub, and uh, I would just go in your backyard and fire that puppy up and, uh, and re- you know, relax and watch a movie or listen to your favorite music or get your family in there and have some time talking with each other. Um, listen, we just uh, had the 4th of July and celebrating our independence and uh, the freedoms that we have in this country, which I just, I love, I love my country. Um, I love this time of year when we get to look back and we get to celebrate the wonderful blessings that we have living in this wonderful country, Um, our freedoms that we enjoy, which, well, you know, lately they've been under, under attack quite a bit as far as our freedoms of being able to express our own thoughts and our ideas and things like that. But that being said, we still have this, this, this beautiful constitution, this beautiful country in which we live that gives us freedoms to think, to act the way we want. Uh, we don't have government that intrudes too much in our lives. Um, and we can achieve anything that we want to achieve in this life, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. No matter your skin color, no matter what, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. As long as you can dream, as long as you can work and put forth the effort and not give up, you can change your life. You can achieve your goals in life no matter who you are. Of course, we always have to have somebody that always wants to put a damper on our beautiful country. Um... And it's, it's really kind of depressing. It really is. Um, that we just can't have wonderful you know, speeches and, and people who are thankful. Well, there are people out there that, you, you know, on Facebook, they're putting their flags out, you know, and, 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 and thankful for all the, you know, the blessings they have of being and raising their families, raising, you know, raising their children in a free society and things like that. But, you know, there's always these people that, that want to just mock uh, our wonderful country. And this time, you probably heard about this, the, uh, uh, the representative, Cori Bush, uh, she's a Democrat from Missouri. She goes, she dismissed, and this is from the New York Post, dismissed Independence Day this last Sunday as a holiday meant for white people before claiming the land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. When they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people, tweeted Bush. 
she's a, a member of the squad and uh, whatever. I don't. Bush, a Black Lives Matter activist who unseated uh, uh, Lacey Gray, um, a heavily Democratic district last year, previously used this month's signing of legislation making it Juneteenth a federal holiday to push for reparations for slavery and defunding law enforcement. Um, Bush, uh, on her 4th of July, drew immediate backlash from social media users on the right and on the left both. Uh, one of them was Clay uh, Travis. Uh, you make 175000 a year of taxpayer money to rip the country's people that pay your salary. Show me any unfree country in the world where that's possible. You can't. And just, just her being in the position that she is in... And uh, she's a congresswoman, for goodness sakes. She's a black female congresswoman who has risen, who has overcome whatever she had to overcome to be, to be elected and is a congresswoman. And to sit there and tell other people, other black people, that they are not free is just absolute, it's just race baiting, is all it is. This is just people, and I've said it over and over again, and I'll keep saying it. These people and these squads and these people who look at our country uh, in a negative way, in a repressive way, are just, they hate America. And they hate Americans. And they don't care what color of skin you have. They just hate Americans. And it's so true. Uh, another one, I am a 40-year-old American descendant of slaves, tweeted author and culture critic Thomas Chatterton Williams. The year is 2021, and I have been free my entire life. Good for you. Yes, you have been free and you always will be free to be able to achieve whatever you want to achieve. As long as you can dream big enough, as long as you're curious enough to do what you want to do, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. Cori Bush, you achieved what you wanted to achieve, right? You got to be a congresswoman. Barack Obama got to be the president of the United States, not just once, but twice. Okay, we have a we have a black female vice president of the United States currently. And you're telling me that you aren't free, that black people are not free to be able to do what they want in this country. Excuse me, you're a liar. And that's all you are. And that is not true. And just your life is evidence of how much of a lie that is. Another one, uh, America is so awesome, even people who aren't free can get elected in the United States Congress, chimes uh, Georgia radio host Eric Erickson. And he goes, America, F yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then what, you have, what you have to do, you have to, of course, you, then you have to get all the other race baiters that are chiming in, uh, like Maxine Waters uh, from, from California. July 4th. And the Declaration of Independence says, all men are created equal. Equal to what? What men? Only white men? Isn't it something that they wrote in this in 1776 when African Americans were enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but we're thinking about us now. What a, you know, it's incredible to me. It's just incredible. Um, and then you just... <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to I I just can't believe this stuff that uh, that people write and how much they hate America they just they hate Americans and they hate uh, they hate America and they hate Americans as well and it's just, it's pathetic it really is um, to see these people who have risen to the positions that they are and I give them credit I mean they they they're congresswomen and they're congressmen and they and they and they've done a lot to to get where they are. And to sit there and tell 
tell the rest of the world that that you aren't free. I'm free. I can I can make it, but you can't. It's just complete and utter idiocy and stupidity. Uh, it's incredible to me. It's just absolutely incredible to me. And of course, I guess you know the Times has to get into this uh, this uh, dig dig on America as well. And Independence Day uh, published a piece uh, weeks after. Uh, the editor, editorial member, uh, board member Mara Gray, or Gay, sorry, Mara Gay, uh, told N- MSNBC that she was really disturbed to see flags with slogans knocking President uh, Biden supporting Trump, and in some cases, just dozens of American flags flying from pickup trucks during the weekend trip in Long Island. But her scolding appeared not to dampen any spirits of millions of Americans who took part in the Fourth of July celebration across this country, including the White House. So there. That's what you. That's where we as uh, American people think about your attitude towards the flag, uh, your attitude uh, towards our independence and the Fourth of July and this great country that we are part of, that we're blessed to be part of. And uh, you know, you're always welcome to try some other country to go live there. I would, yeah, maybe that's a might be an experiment that you might want to go to, and and uh, maybe try to go live in another country. Uh, that professes to be better than the United States as far as its freedoms, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, freedom to be able to do anything that you want. Go try it out and see how that works out for you. And then, and then report back to us and let us know how that went. Here's what I say. God bless America. I'm thankful for being a citizen of this great country and the opportunities that it has given me, has given my parents, uh, has given to my children. And it will continue to be a blessing for everyone that comes into this country seeking freedom and wanting to be prosperous in their lives for themselves and for their family. The last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, a growing concern that I have. Um, listen, I have, uh, I have four kids. They're all grown now. Uh, two of, the three of them are married. I have uh, four grandchildren. And I am so thankful <laughs> I got you know one in one in the service uh, serving in the navy, and uh, but they all kind of got through the educational system before all this um, critical race theory and cancel culture before it started kind of really you know getting the momentum that it it has been getting over the last couple of years. So it's been around for quite a while, but just in the last year or so, we've been seeing a lot more of it. And how much of a scourge and cancer this is. Uh, to date, there's I think there's 20 different states that uh, the governors have signed um, uh, into law uh, forbidding schools to teach uh, critical race theory in the schools to your elementary uh, kids and 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 things like that. And I think it's just wonderful. And I can't wait till others have done uh, do it as well. Um, I I, re- I wanted to find out a little bit more about this whether they. These critical race uh, uh, proponents say that they're not teaching this in schools, that they are not teaching in elementary schools and things like that. But the reality is, is they are and they can deny it all they want. And they, you know, they can try to cover it up. They can try to disguise it in different ways. Uh, But they are trying to teach our children and trying to change um, our children early on in their lives. You know, I was watching these kids play outside today while I was working in a couple of the different neighborhoods that I was, uh, you know, making deliveries on. 
And these kids were out just having a great time. They were riding their bikes. Um, they were helping uh, their parents um, on the farm. One, one place I stopped in, I, two, little, two little guys were out playing, and they were goofing around. And their older brother uh, looked like he was about 16 or 17 years of, old, uh, years of age or something like that. He, he was on a tractor, big old-ass tractor, uh, and he was stacking a uh, forklift tractor. He was stacking the, these probably 100-pound, 150-pound bales of hay that had been cut and stacking them up uh, to dry out and things like that. I saw all the kids just out you know, playing baseball, uh, just riding their bikes in the streets and things like that. And I thought to myself, this is this is what kids are supposed to be doing, right? Uh, five, six, seven-year-olds, they're supposed to be have, not having a care in the world. And um, they are supposed to be enjoying being a kid, um, doing what kids do. And, uh, you know, I've, ra- I've raised four and yeah, sometimes they can be little angels. Sometimes they can be little devils, and um, but these kids are so formidable in their in their younger in their younger years. It's very you got to be very careful what you allow your children to be taught in school. And um, I ran across this article that I wanted to kind of read to you. This is from the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and apparently um, there was a House bill that was passed that. Uh, uh, designate about six million dollars in federal taxpayers to be used to uh, to traffic the false ideas of critical race theory and the ideology of social justice in public elementary schools. Now we're told that no, the, you know, see, uh, critical race theory isn't being taught in schools, uh, but in reality it is, and you, we see it more and more each day. And uh, just wanted to read a little bit of this to you. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, and to kind of make you aware of what's going on. In, in Idaho, there's this House Bill 226. It sends federal funds to a nonprofit educational organization called the Idaho Association for Education of Younger Children. That's the IAEYC. The IAEYC is governed by its parent organization, the National Association for the Education of Young Children. Now, if you look at the personal website, it seems pretty, you know, pretty germane. Nothing really there, but if you look at the if you look at it a little bit closer, and you look at the external links uh, to many of the training and the circuit, the uh, curricula, and the paired education resources, you get a little bit of a different picture. Uh, this latter group, this uh, National Association for Education for Younger Children, is known for promoting anti-bias education and teacher training and curriculum. Anti-bias education peddles the narrative that America is systematically and irredeemably racist and sexist. As a remedy, anti-bias education argues that teachers must discriminate in their treatment of white and black students, teach gender as a social construct, and abuse educational institutions for the purpose of political indoctrination. Activism rather than education is essential to the mission of anti-bias education. As one preschool teacher who went through the anti-bias training explained, I probably wouldn't be such an activist today without anti-bias training. Just wonderful. This is the idea that they have. They, the, the earlier they can get a hold of your kids and they can make them activists. That's their goal. That's what they're trying to do. So instead of spending time teaching children how to read and to write and solve math problems and critical thinking, teachers in, incorporate activi- activism training exercises into their curriculum. 
they encourage teachers to get students used to being community organizers and engaging them in, in activism as young as possible. An example of that would be like, okay, you have a teacher that parks in a, a handicap zone. Well, they want these kids to then go and report this teacher because they parked in the same to, you know, to an authority or something like that. So they want them to be active. So this is what they try to do. Anti-bias education promotes racially charged activism. Um, in their re-education book, the Anti-Bias Education for Young Children and Ourselves provides examples of teachers instructing students to be offended by the number of white children in the pictures of their school calendar. The teacher then guides the class of five-year-olds. This five-year-olds here, okay? What are five-year-olds supposed to be doing? Uh, what worries me is that the... I remember when I was in five, five was getting ready to getting ready to go into school. That's preschool, six six years old. You're getting into first grade, right? You, you're these these kids love these teachers, and the, and they could tell them anything, and they would believe it because they love their teachers and they trust them. So here you get these teachers, five year olds, and sending a letter of outrage to a company who created the calendar and garnering signatures from college students demanding the company change the picture on the calendar. To be more inclusive, the number of white children in the calendar picture is problematic to this organization because the group believes the sources of racism come from white history and culture. This is just this stuff is just makes me sick. It really does. And it, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I got my kids through school before all this crap started hitting. But here's the thing: my children are now having children, and now I got now I got to worry about my grandchildren being taught this garbage. Okay, so yeah, if you're not aware of this stuff going on in your school and your community, you need to you need to like open your eyeballs and really see and really listen to what's being said out there. Listen to your politicians. Listen to them, how negative they are about this country. Listen to them about white supremacy. I mean, Biden just the other day talked about how white supremacy is the number one uh, fear or terrorist problem in this country. I mean, you know, uh, domestic terrorism in this country. Give me a break. All right. There's so many other things to be worrying about in this country. Number one, you, Joe, we're worried about you and what you're doing uh, to this to this country. Now, that's a lot more than worrying about white supremacy. Anyway, let's get back to this article here. Uh, There are suggested reading books. A is for activists is an ABC book written uh, for the next generation of progressives, families who want their kids to grow up in a space that is unapologetic uh, and about activism, environmental justice, civil rights, LGBTQ rights, and everything else in between. The central idea of these activities is that young children are increasingly acclimated to becoming activists and will be comfortable organizing for progressive leftist causes as they get older. Okay. It's called brainwashing here, and they're starting as young as possible to do this. Anti-bias education manifests the curriculum by teaching children to be hyper-aware of their own race and other students' races. The curriculum is designed to target white students to teach them to feel guilty for their inherent complicity in the systematic racism. As radical leftist Carol Brunson explains, white children definitely need anti-bias education, so too do children of color, although the specific work differs from the white children to the black. Um, she continues, white children need education to prevent internalized oppression by fostering strong personal and social identities. Black, while black children need education to 
countered pre, uh, prejudices about other groups of color, discriminated against the white children by, by providing them with a different type of education is essential to the anti-bias work. It's not enough for white children to be aware of their complicity in racism, while educators must also uh, admit that they're complicity and confess the complicity of their young students. In fact, it is not enough just to, for white children or educators to admit their supposed sin of being born white racist. Rather, the antibias education must become a routine part of the ongoing daily environment and experiences in elementary classrooms. And if, the, if this doesn't scare the bejeebies out of you, I don't know what, as a, ki- as a parent, I don't know what would Okay, and if I was, if this stuff was coming to my neighborhood near me, I'd be ripping my kids out of school, and I would be fighting. I'd be, I'd be at all of my uh, uh, board uh, meetings at, at my school uh, and fighting this. And 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 you're starting to see a lot more of this. Um, you're starting to see uh, viral videos of of both white white uh, family members, black family members who understand and see this for what it is. It's just racism. It, it, it's all it is. The only thing they've done in 2021 is to change the color of the skin. Racism is race. I hate using the, the term. It it offends me. It used to offend me, but I hear it so much anymore. It really is getting to a point where it doesn't really mean anything. Um, some words, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in, you know, I was a young kid in the 60s and 70s, my teenagers and a teenager in my 70s. And yeah, I heard, I heard, you know, words that were offensive to me. And I never, I never used those words because I, I thought that they were, they, they were just, just plain, just, just mean. And I always, racism, the, being called a racist was something that, gosh, you just never wanted to be called a racist or anything like that. Uh, but today, everything is racist. Everything I don't care. And racism is just because I disagree with you on, on a subject. We can't have a conversation about anything anymore, right? You can't. You can't have a dialogue. You can't show facts or anything. If, if, a, if a person from the left, uh, you know, state something and you disagree with them, then you're, you're homophobic, you're a racist, uh, you're, ho- you know, you're homophobic, whatever. And they just, they classify you and then, well, you, you can't believe that because you're white and because you're white, you're systemically racist and you can't understand, you know, it's, it goes round and round and round and round. And it's just very, it's very frustrating, but you can't let yourself get frustrated. You just got to stand up for what's true and have your facts in front of you. And, uh, because they can't argue with facts. Um, anyway, let me go on. Um, the, these, these two groups even seek to influence parents' idea about race. The groups encourage parents to read books like White Fragility. Why is it so hard for white people to talk about racism? Uh, by Robin D'Angelo. Uh, another one, Why Are Blacks, uh, Black Kids Sitting Together in a Cafeteria? By uh, Beverly Tatum. Both books teach the deeply divisive idea that American society is white supremacist and must be replaced with a regime of race-based redistribution. Uh, and it gets it talks about normalization of transgender and gender fluidity. fluidity. Um, it goes on and on and on. Um, it says anti-biased education extends beyond the classroom and to families' private lives as well. Anti-bias education requires cultivating complete independence of children from the family. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. 
uh, we're going to make the we're going to make our educational system uh, the parents of our children. That's what they're saying. They they want to take away the rights of the the parent to parent their own children. What should a teacher do if the boy tells his parents, "I feel like a woman," but his parents refuse to help the boy transition? Has a, a training guide explained that the teacher should encourage parents to be accepting of their children's playful gender exploration and coach families on strategies to accept their child's transgender? Five, six, seven-year-old. We're talking about elementary school school kids here, not you know a twenty-year-old. Okay, these kids don't even know who they are. They don't know what sex is yet. They don't know about these things, and it's anyway. Families who refuse to change their beliefs about gender or help their children transition are perceived as transphobic or homophobic, despite families' religious commitments. And the teacher must encourage the family of a transgender or gender-confused child to find someone in their religious community who will celebrate their child. The mission of these two groups is to transform schools from institutions that exist to educate children into institutions dedicated to political indoctrination. It is not enough for these two groups to train students and teachers to become progressive activists. They must infringe on the parental rights by demanding conformity to critical race theory and the ideology of social justice. So there you have it. That, that, if that doesn't scare you to death as a parent, I don't know what, what will. And it's just, you, we need to be aware, we need, our eyes need to be wide open, our ears need to be like wide open as well and really pay attention to what's going on in our society today, especially when it comes to our children, because they are being brainwashed. They will be brainwashed if you let them do this. Thank goodness that there are states in this country that have already uh, outlawed uh, the, this CRT in their, in their states. Uh, you know, we've got several more to go. I'm sure that there's a few like California, New York, and some of these blue states that aren't going to do this because they think this is the right thing that we should be teaching our children. You know, here it is. I want my child to be able to write. I want them to be able to read. I want them to be able to think critically and do math. I want them to be able to socialize with their, with their other friends. And I want them mostly to be just little kids. And I want them to have the same experiences, having fun, enjoying their lives, and not be bombarded with a bunch of garbage and crap that these people are trying to impose on our, on, on our children. Like I said, I'm I'm very thankful for my kids have gone through have gotten through this without a lot of this being uh, you know an influence on them, uh, and I pray for them and they're all got good heads on their shoulders and they're all aware of what's going on and I, but I still pray for them and I pray for my grandchildren that um, that this hopefully there's a there's a movement and there's starting to be a movement. Um, and people are starting to wake up and seeing what is actually taking place in their in their education, in the board of education, in, in, in a lot of these states, and a lot of these communities, and changes are starting to take place. It needs to take place. This is I don't like the word I don't like to use the word evil very often because it's a very it's a harsh word. Like racist is a hard is a harsh word, um, but in this case, I think it, it fits. It's an evil idea. It's an evil doctrine, and it 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 just teaches my your kids, and it teaches people how to be. Um, in, it teaches them inferiority. It teaches them to be less than what they are. Um, 
and be uh, embarrassed about who they are because of the color of their skin, which they cannot control. And like I said, this is just not reverse racism. It's just complete racism. It's just changed the color of the skin, and it's not good. Um, listen, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I um, This stuff really is important to me I, and shouldn't be important to you as well. Uh, the health and welfare of your children is and should be paramount uh, for them and for you and your family. And uh, speak up, be involved, listen, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and please, please, please fight this if this is coming to <laughs> a neighborhood close to you in your in your educational system. Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, if you enjoy my podcast, please uh, subscribe and share it with your friends. Get them to listen as well. If you have comments, please reach me at rob at robscottpodcast.com. You, like I said, you can get my podcast at my, on my website, uh, robscottpodcast.com. Uh, I have some other articles and stuff there as well. Um, some of my friends I've met uh, driving, uh, making my deliveries and things like that. It's kind of fun. So take a look at it. Hey, again, thanks for listening. And until next time, I'll see you. <laughs>